All right, welcome, my brothers, to the Wilderness Outreach Mancast. My name is James, along with my brothers, Peter and John. And Mancast is your weekly adventure into the wilds of masculine spirituality, where we'll be hunting for the meaning of manhood, tracking down the intersection of faith and science, uncovering true leadership, and searching for the deep meaning of the history of God's created universe. So strap on your hiking boots and backpack, grab your compass and map, and let's get rolling. How about a pair a prayer, Peter? Right on. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, and please be with us and be with everyone that gets to encounter us in this podcast today. Help us to be present to everything that you have for us and help us to share everything that uh that you give us to share. Amen. Father, Son, Amen. Holy Spirit, Amen. So yeah, we're heading into the, the final phase of our talk and review about the Covey Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Sharpen the Saw. The importance of uh I guess he calls it PPC balance, right? We're he talks about production and then production capability. And I think when we think about production capability, that means building resources so we can do the work that we need to do, right? And uh, I think that's in kind of thinking again about that. That's sort of that quadrant two area type of work where it's long term. It's not... Um, something that's immediately on our table that we need to be planning for it at all times. So that, uh, so that, uh, yeah, trying to think how I've, I've lived that or, or haven't lived it. Cause a lot of the times I think when we, we talk about Covey seven habits, we, it's easy to think how we're not doing it. Right. That's a good example for how not to do Covey's habits though. So certainly, uh, in my life, I've burnt the candle at both ends. Gosh, I can remember back when I was uh, in my early 40s, the company I worked for, the owner of the company said, I want you to go get a, an MBA. And I said, good enough. It sounded like a good adventure to do. And for like two years, man, I was like getting minimal sleep, working full time, studying, reading like round the clock. I was probably averaging you know, six hours at best of sleep a night and then studying all weekend, going to school on the weekend. And it was just, uh, yeah, wasn't a lot of, uh, I mean, from a, from one perspective, I guess I was sharpening the saw because on that really deep intellectual level, I was sharpening myself. I was studying, reading, learning lots about business and strategy and systemic kind of ideas about business. And, uh, so it was sharpening a saw in a big way, but uh, in a lot of ways, man, I was just like pushing. I was pushing to the to the max all the time, wasn't getting a lot of sleep. So, uh, yeah. Hmm. How about you, James? Any good stories like that of not sharpening the saw or maybe sharpening the saw better than I was doing <laughs> at that point in time? Yeah, and I'll 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 admit that this is not my best habit. Um, I'm kind of like you in that respect that I just kind of take on everything and don't take time for for myself too often. Um, but I did do uh, I did do I did take some time for myself this past August, and it was the first time I'd done this since forever. I, I can't remember. Nicole had been pushing me for a long time to to go on a retreat, and so I chose to do that and I was able to go to uh, the Abbey of Gethsemane in Kentucky with the Trappist monks down there and spent uh, four days from Friday evening to sun or to Monday morning uh, and it was just incredible it was such a blessing just to be able to go there and to uh, I, I my whole goal and I hate to say that because you know whenever I go on a retreat or anyone goes on a retreat they shouldn't have a goal I guess it should be what God wants to bring into their life at that time. But my plan was just to do some writing, just to, to pray and to, to write and to just meditate on some things. And so that's what I did. And just, I would write for a couple hours. I would pray evening prayer. I would eat dinner. I'd go back and write some more I'd go for a walk. I'd 
pray with the monks. I, you know, go for some spiritual direction, go out like, in the hills. It was awesome. I mean, it was something that I really, really needed uh, at that point, especially with everything that has taken place this year in my life. Um, I just needed that time just to kind of decompress and see what the Lord was trying to say to me and what he wanted to, wanted me to do. So it was definitely a sharp in the stall experience to, to get away, to get out of range of you know, Wi-Fi and everything else and just spend some solid time in prayer. So it's definitely important to sharpen the stall, but I'm not always good at that. Like I said, it was probably been, gosh, last time I was on a, on a retreat, I mean, I'm guessing probably 20 years. I mean, really, just something like that where I could really wow. pray and read and meditate. So um, I was well overdue, and now I can't wait to, to do it again and go back because I, I see the beauty and the value in it. How about you, Pete? That's wild. 20 years, it just kind of slips by, doesn't it? Um, I mean, Quickly. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to see that. Uh, so, I mean, like yeah. in, in a smaller way, I guess. So my encounter recently with... I mean, this being my favorite habit and everything. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> so I uh, had this goal. I think we've talked about it a couple of times with me buying this house. And I got really wound up in this goal and chasing this goal. And I was just like, this is going to be, you know, the best thing for my kids. This is what I need to do. This is where I need to focus all my energy. And before this, um, I had been hiking, I don't know, like once every a couple of weeks with John, I had been camping once a month alone. Um, just like in this really fruitful period of my life of like, just like reflecting and developing and becoming who trying to find out who the Lord wanted me to be. And I got distracted by like the shiny things in life and, um, that being a house and this thing that I wanted really bad to give my kids. Cause I mean, uh, I mean, who doesn't want to do that? But, uh, so, I just started working a bunch of overtime and I'm super hard headed. So I put this goal in mind and I didn't stop. You know what I mean? It was six days a week, three nights, three days for until I had the funding to do, to buy a house. And then eventually at work, the overtime dried up. So the opportunity went away and that was like the Lord, like I kind of heard from him, like, Hey, what are you doing? You know what I mean? You're not spending time where it needs to be spent. You're focused on the totally like wrong things. And like when he wants me to have a house, I'll have a house. And like, it wasn't like I wasn't living through the paradigm of like a son of God or like trusting that I'd be taken care of. And I was trying to take care of stuff myself instead of beginning and resting in him and knowing that uh, his plan will come together. And then, I guess that's that's one big way it's revealed itself to me in my life. And since then, I've I've started to do better, you know. And things have come together since I stopped working that overtime and focusing so much on that. I mean, I bought a house now, and uh, it wasn't for a while after the overtime had ceased, though, that that happened. Um, but I think that that's kind of how God showed me that I need to begin with the end in mind and keep the put first things first, right? And and live by these habits and in a principle centered life that's that's founded on him. Yeah. Yeah, I the you know it's uh when when we think about you know the 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 two of us, I don't know if we've ever been on a hike together, but we've been on lots of hikes with one another. Like I know hike I've been on many hikes with James and many hikes with Peter and mm. that's a sharpening the saw experience. It really is. And then, I mean, it's, it's amazing if like, you know, if we meet down at clear Creek or over at tar hollow, it's usually at least a two hour hike of some sort. Sometimes it goes to four and uh, it's pretty amazing because we'll, we'll start off uh, our hike with morning prayer together and just say some prayers and ask for the Holy spirit to, come into our lives and uh, speak to us, you know, let us speak to one another and let the Holy Spirit flow through us and bring the ideas to us. And we just start hiking, you know, and we'll, you know, a lot of times we'll start our hikes out in, in silence for a couple minutes. And all of a sudden somebody will break the ice and say, there's something on my mind. 
and then you know the dialogue begins and it truly is a dialogue it's a it's a sharing of meaning and you know weaving together about things that are going on stresses in our lives things that have happened uh you know little aha moments so those uh those sharpening the saw hikes are just i miss them a lot and i haven't been getting them like i need to either you know peter and i we're going to hike tomorrow but you know the you know, life gets in the way, family things happen. And so we decided, well, we'll postpone maybe till next week. But, uh, you know, those things are really good to do because it's uh, it's just uh, it's doing something else. Uh, the, the neat thing about the hiking is that we're using our bodies and we're using our minds at the same time. And there's something about that use of the body in that fluid way that we hike together and just kind of walk that loosens everything up. Right. And it's kind of a, it's, it's a great way to, to really do that. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, so kind kind of thinking about that physical aspect of sharpening the saw, James, what's, uh, what do you like to do physically that, uh, you think helps you? Well, I, th I would 100% agree with what you just said about, you know, the hiking and talking and, you know, that that in itself goes a long ways. And whether it's two hours or four hours, it feels like a half an hour. You know, it just goes by so fast and so many things are, um, you know, exchanged between us and thoughts and, you know, plans and prayers and, and things like that. And as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, really, it, it kind of talks about or it encompasses everything that Covey talks about, whether it's the, you know, use of the spiritual and the physical, but the emotional, the mental. I mean, there's a lot of things that we talk about, whether it be prayer life or sin or um, quantum physics or you know, whatever it might be. So for me, I mean, the biggest thing, and I always find when I'm really stressed and, and really need to, to get my head straight is a hike, you know, whether that's here on our own property or, you know, on the Buckeye trail or somewhere like that, that helps set me straight helps, helps to really get the, I'm sure there's a, you know, I have to talk to Dr. Huberman, but I'm sure there's some sort of chemical reaction that happens, things that are released dopamine all that kind of stuff that helps kind of clear the brain and helps me think more clearly when I'm out on a hike, you know, I pray more clearly. I, I, I just think more clearly. I do like to, to lift really heavy, weights and stuff i find that just to be enjoyable you know just the challenge of it but it doesn't affect me the same way as, as hiking does you know mentally mm -hmm. to to kind of supercharge my brain that way mm -hmm. um that would be me for physical would be mainly just getting out and hiking getting that fresh air getting the body moving what about you Pete? i think uh exercise certainly and then like you were saying, uh, being, being outside. So like if I don't get my workouts in, I don't feel right. Um, and that throws off everything and in, into an unbalance. I was in confession one time with this guy named father Beal, this priest named father Beal. And he's, he's a great priest. Um, he's in Portsmouth now, I think. Yeah. But he told me, um, that, I just need to try to get outside and just sit for 30 minutes and just observe nature. Just that, drive to the woods, drive to somewhere. If I, if I'm not somewhere close to the woods, just go sit in the woods and just be silent. And I think that touches on what you were saying is just like getting the body moving and being out there. And, but physically to put myself in that <clears throat> setting away from the phone, away from the, like you were saying in the beginning, just leaving everything maybe take a journal or something or, or nothing and just sit and, uh, and take a rosary and say the rosary or whatever. I, that was some of the best advice I ever got. I mean, like that really brought me close to, you know, our creator, like finding the beauty and everything that is around us and that we're close to and not just out West or out in the mountains or in the caves down by in, in Hawking Hills or whatever, but just like everywhere. You go outside and it's everywhere. You just have to look for it. So that's that's where uh, 
that dimension really mm-hmm. comes in for me is just sitting and being outside and being present. Yeah, but you're into some intense stuff too, I think, there, aren't you? Aren't you one of those <laughs> kettlebell guys? Like you're, yeah. you're, throwing, you're throwing like 500 pound kettlebells around like they're tennis balls or something. I wish. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. No, but like, yeah, so I hurt my knee recently and um, I, uh, I, I was struggling with that at first because I went to the doctor and she was like, you have to rest. And I was like, what? well, well, you see, the thing is, <laughs> and she was like, no, 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 you don't understand. The thing is, <laughs> so she just told me that I couldn't use that leg, right? I'm not allowed to exercise that leg. And it's been difficult to like find ways around that, but it's been interesting to like find ways to rest that leg. And, but yeah, I am into the kettlebells and stuff like that, John. And I like, uh, I just feel off if I don't get my exercise in, you know, whether that's if I get an intense workout with kettlebells in that day, or if I go and just go for a walk, like, uh, the other day I just walked a few miles, you know what I mean? At a brisk pace, you know, I had to do something. If I don't get that in every day, I feel like, I don't know, worthless almost. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I've realized recently that it was a mere 45 years ago, which how old are you now, James? 50. So when James, when James was five years old, I was making a commitment to work out. And I, so, and, and I went and up to that time. So that's when I was 27, I played a lot of like basketball, right? So I was just running around working so being in shape was like not a big deal. But as I hit that kind of that 27 year old age, I realized, no, I got, I need a regimen, right? I need a regimen where I can just like, I'm going to do this three, five days a week. And I picked it up and I ran with it, you know, and it's kind of interesting because now if I don't get my workouts in, I get irritated. You know, mm. it's like that, that, uh, there's something that I need about that. And it's probably again, like Dr. Huberman would probably say, well, you're, you're ODing on dopamines and endorphins. Right. right. <laughs> I, I th- in fact, I think he, he was, he had some just recent released, uh, video with Jordan Peterson where I think that's the title of it. You're ODing on endorphins or something. Mm. So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, so that physical things really, really a key component and then um so before about, we uh yeah. mm-hmm. I, I i wanted to ask you guys and I, I know sometimes this is difficult for me like what would you recommend to somebody who's having a hard time like getting started getting motivated in exercise because we all know that we know that we know that it's good for us but sometimes getting that motivation or maybe a a plan or a system i mean i can remember the Exodus 90 um, program that it had a little booklet of exercises and it started out really slow, you know, like a two push ups a day and two sit up, you know, and then it worked its way up. What would you recommend to somebody who's says, I know I need to do this. How do I get started? Yeah, that's you're, you're, you're really feeding into a, let's call it the man problem, right? <laughs> it's like, I don't know how many guys <laughs> I know. They, they were like, okay, I've not been in shape for like 10 years. I used to play a lot of sports when I was in high school. I'll go out and run a marathon tomorrow and I'll be in shape. Right. You know, there's <laughs> almost that crazy mentality that I'm going to just cram it all in in one day and I'm going to be there. And yeah, that's not the way to do it. And I, and I think when I think about that time, you know, 45 years ago when I finally made that commitment, I looked at it very rationally and i thought okay i'm gonna do and i still have these same exercises that i've been using but it's a very slow warm-up you know where i'll be doing these body movements and and uh, i just start out with body movements and like walking in place picking my legs up high you know moving my arms back and forth and several different motions and 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 uh, you know doing some uh uh, you know, doing some floor exercises where I'm kicking my legs out in each direction and moving my arms. 
and really just getting the body moving, right? And, and that can last. You can come up with a little program like that that is it lasts for 15 minutes, and then you've got your heart and your body kind of warmed up. The best thing to do next is to then stretch, right? And it's amazing if you just say, I'm going to do that. I'm going to take this 15 or 20-minute thing and – I'm going to do it three times this week. Just kind of say, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to Monday, Wednesday, Friday. At this time, I'm going to do that physical exercise for just 20 minutes, right? And just discipline yourself so you, you don't like run and say, no, I'm going, to do, I'm going to do it like five times. No, just do it three times, right? This, so that's the beginning of the discipline to say, I'm going to do it three times. And then the next week say, okay, I'll do it four times, right? And then the, the third week you might say, well, in addition to those three days of warming up like that, I'm now going to go out and walk as quickly for a half hour. I'm going to add that in. And, and then just kind of do that. So over a period of time, like let's say within two months, all of a sudden you're up to walking a good hard pace for a half hour or even an hour for five days a week. And you're just walking, you're just working on the aerobic thing. And then after you get what you've done, then you've created this base it with your body and then the next thing you can do is okay it's time to move to some weights right? and it can be small stuff so you can next thing you know i'm gonna start working on the, the biceps right wasn't that that old saying that the curls are for the girls right <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna work on the biceps right for the girls right but, but anyway, you can you can kind of add that in. And the point is that if you're disciplined and intentional and you start slow, then you're going to slowly build that momentum that will last a lifetime again. And I think that's that's what we want to do on the physical level. So, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So what about what about on the mental, on the on the intellectual, the reading and that type of stuff and uh what are, you, what are you doing with that, Peter? Anything you, you're reading and writing about or listening to and thinking about? Uh, yeah. Um, usually I try to stay on target with a book. Um, right now, not so much. I've been rereading The Seven Habits, listening to it as we go through it. Um, I also just started a uh, certification through work that's free for technology fundamentals to uh, just kind of add to my toolbox, I guess, of just, and keeping myself in a, in a place of uncontentment, I guess, and, you know, continued learning. So I have something that I need to do um, in that realm, actually. But uh, every day I like to, read one psalm out of the bible at a minimum in the morning and reflect on it and contemplate it and then journal about it a little bit and uh yeah some days are more than others like you're talking about like there was a point where i was listening to a couple books a week even you know on audible and uh taking notes on them and thinking about them and talking to you about them um i think there's just different seasons for the uh, the mental aspect and the reading and writing portions of my life. Um, but every day, at the minimum, I try to read one psalm and then journal at least one paragraph, whether it's about the psalm or not. And then some days I'll open up my, uh, my pages on my Mac and I'll just start typing about whatever is on my mind in the morning and... That, that's typically the best time of the day for me, too, is just in the morning. I just get up and start thinking, and I write or read, and uh, that's that's when I'm the most mentally sharp already. So I find that to be the best time for me to think about those kinds of things. What about you, James? Yeah, I, uh, that's probably most of my work, I guess, is, is mental. I mean, right now I'm finishing up uh, – 
that associate's degree in business management focused on healthcare. So I'd taken three classes, which are a nightmare. Um, <laughs> managerial accounting, which is just, I do not like it. I think that I'm decent at it, but I'm you know not excited about it. Uh, organizational behavior and I don't know, some other sort of management thing, but I'll be finishing up with that. So I, I do that. I'm also writing almost every day on my blog um, or at least trying to. Um, and like you, I, you guys, I, I do a lot of re reading or try to. Some of it's listening, some of it's actual reading. Um, so like I, I just got a, one of those Kindle paper whites just to kind of save some money on buying all these books and shelf space. So um, I'm reading, uh, it's an older book. It's called Red Badge, Red Badge of Courage um, about the uh, Civil War, about this guy's emotions and things going through the Civil War. And, and I'm also listening to, um, these aren't, I don't always just focus on war books, but I'm also listening to, uh, it's a book, it's called Always Faithful. It's an interesting story about uh, this Marine uh, commander, Tom Schumann, and how he befriends this uh, this gentleman in Afghanistan who's his translator, and they become like brothers. And uh, his the Marine platoon just basically adopts him, and how how they become good friends. But eventually, the ultimate story is how he helps uh, this translator get out of Afghanistan. There towards the end, as you know the the airport is collapsing and, you know, these, these last military people are leaving Afghanistan here recently. And so just a fascinating story about how all that happened. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm always reading or listening, trying to listen to something, whether it's entertaining or educational. Mm -hmm. What about you, John? I know you, you read a lot too. Yeah. And it's, and it's kind of interesting. I, I, I kind of think like my, I go through these seasons again. Peter used that term earlier, but I, it's like I go through these times when I'm like, I got three or four books I'm going at the same time, right? Or reading one right after the other. And I'm just like, it just feels natural. I can just read and taking a lot of stuff in. And then I go into the desert. And there'll be sometimes there'll be months where it's like, I'm not reading anything. I just feel barren or unimaginative or like, dry and you know i don't know if it's a dark night of the soul or something like that but uh but anyway yeah so but there's i i guess and those are the, the the times to just kind of sit back and relax maybe that's a sharpening the salt time and letting the intellect and the spirit kind of settle back in but like right now i'm uh reading a book called the um cathedrals in the wilderness uh which we're reading together with the pastoral seminarians and Father Hahn, and it's a great book. It's it's a, a book about the uh, uh, the Bardstown Diocese, which is pretty amazing, right? To think that Bardstown was the uh, uh, you know was was what the the fourth or fifth diocese in America at one time. It was the first diocese. Uh, west of the Appalachian Mountains in Bardstown, Kentucky, the bourbon capital of the world. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's usually what people know Bardstown for. Maybe even Vince right. Brewster knows about that, even though he's from Tennessee. I'm sure he likes to get that good Kentucky bourbon. But, uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, and, and then I like to listen to a lot of stuff, too. So I'm, uh, I'm you know, as everybody knows, I'm kind of a big Jordan Peterson fan. I like to listen to some of his stuff. I just find some of his uh, work with uh, his bib biblical narratives and everything really interesting. Um, he he does some really great interviews with, since he's he looks at things on a psychological level, which I really appreciate that, and kind of ties it into the search for meaning. And uh, so I, I listen to a bit of that, and uh, and then then I I guess uh, you know there's sometimes it's hard to to discern the difference between the spiritual and the intellectual. But I think for sure that like I, I will read the office of readings, morning prayer, evening prayer and night prayer pretty much every day. And 
something really nice about that is I've gotten to the point where especially morning prayer now, I really sit with that now. There's so much good stuff in the office and the morning prayer. You know, some of those, those readings from the office are just deep. You know, you can just take a paragraph and reflect it back into your life, right? What's it mean to me? And uh, yeah, it's really good stuff. Yeah. Yep. Which kind of leads us into that. The, the other aspect that uh, from the spiritual standpoint, and uh, you, you talked, Jim, a little bit about your, your uh, uh, retreat down in Gethsemane. Did, did you go there all by yourself? Did Nicole go with you or is that just a. No, a she was uh, kind enough just to, to let me get away and do that. You know, something I'd been wanting to do, basically a writing retreat for myself, but also really focused on, you know, the spiritual and praying with the monks and getting up at the ridiculous hours and, you know, praying the liturgy. Well, they, they chant the liturgy of the hours there. Um, so that was just a great thing and doing some intense hiking out there. They've got some pretty steep places you can climb and hike through and, you know, lots of deer and things like that, but being able to pray the rosary. And so I try to stay connected spiritually, like you, like you said, John, with the, the readings, the daily readings, the liturgy of the hours, trying to do that kind of stuff with family too, you know, decade of the rosary in the evening or something like that. Uh, but always trying to stay connected, of course, mass. What about you, Pete? I'd say for like the spiritual aspect of this, I, I think the sacraments for me are the, uh, the key to sharpening the soul with my relationship with the Lord. I think regular confession is a giant one. Um, making sure I get there like once every other week. Cause I'm like always screwing up, you know? So I get the more frequently that I get to confession, the better I am sustained in my, spiritual life um and the more that i am able to make it to mass the better off i am without a doubt that but uh also like i mean all these kind of tie in together so like i'll be working out and i'll be talking to jesus like what's up dude like like help me out with this last set or like thinking about problems in my life and not even about working out and um also like just sitting out in nature like we were talking about earlier or just being outside on a hike sometimes there are those quiet times with your brothers where like you're you're together and the holy spirit's there with you too you know what i mean like we're there having good intentional conversation asking the holy spirit to open our minds to each other and <clears throat> and everything that's going on and uh all those all those things and even in the reading that we do and like i'm reading a book called about face like on and off for like ever it's like 40 hours long it's ridiculous okay it's way <laughs> too long but it's it's pretty cool it's a war story um but even in like reading like that you can find something that the lord is trying to show you if you're looking for it and i think that all of that ties into the spiritual aspect of this habit Really, and I think that that's what makes it my favorite is like there's everywhere you look and rest, you can find the Father. And when you're rested, you're able to keep your mind focused on, okay, where is God in this? What about you, John? Yeah, I, I've, uh, you know, I've, I've realized that as I've started to age like a fine wine, hopefully. Or maybe a good beer. I don't know. <laughs> I'll take bourbon too. But uh, I've usually fall asleep praying. And I've noticed that when I wake up, a lot of times I'm just moving right into prayer. You know, it's like sometimes, you know, you have the craziest dreams, right? I mean, stupid dreams that like I, I can't remember if I had a set of crazy stupid dreams here in the past week and i remember waking up saying dear lord jesus what does this mean help me out here right <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's like sometimes i'm like 
let me get back into that dream and get this get it turned around right lord help me out here and uh, <laughs> so it's kind of cool though right it's kind of cool to get to a point where prayer becomes this instantaneous thing of get my mind right lord it's that always that kind of like get me aligned with you lord so i can do the things that you want me to do and live my life the way i want to do so that's uh yeah i think that's part of that that spiritual sharpening of Saul kind of it's kind of like developing that physical aspect where you just feel man i gotta get a physical workout today but the prayer is just like you're just rolling right into it all the time, right? It's just like every yeah. time something's not happening right, okay, Lord, what am I not doing right here? Help me out. Let me see the different way through this, right? Help me to listen better and open my heart up and my mind up. So that's, uh, yeah, I think that's kind of at the key of the, for me, the spiritual, the spiritual aspect of the sharpening of the soul. Yeah. And so, and then, and then, Throwing back, throwing the ball back to you, Peter, about the social and emotional part of this. Uh, that's kind of a neat idea, you know. The how does how does that translate in our lives? That need for that social and emotional interaction, and which means interaction with other folks, right, and other people. And yeah, I. Th I mean, so like listed here on this diagram you have pulled up is service empathy synergy and intrinsic security and uh all those are really important for the social emotional aspect of this but the for a, a simplified version that i like is like for me so to find uh the social like enrichment in this habit is i like to give so like to my kids like i uh I don't know where I heard it or where I read it, but uh, every day we take 10 minutes and it's daddy son and daddy daughter time and we just do whatever they want to do for 10 minutes. And I find that giving into that, like, because I mean, even though it's just 10 minutes, it's like when you're caught up, getting, like as Covey says, busy being busy, you don't really want to do that. You know, 10 minutes is 10 minutes. I could go do this. I could go do that. But once I do that, I feel incredibly enriched in giving myself in that way to my kids in particular. And then like paying into the other relationships in my life too, or taking that time out and uh, being with people that care about me that I care about, like you, like going on hikes with you, you know what I mean? Like that's a pretty big one too. Or uh, spending time on Friday nights, instead of doing what I used to do, I hang out with my family people that i care about and we play board games whatever you know waste time together fight <laughs> and it's still like more meaningful than uh anything else i could be doing at those times so i guess just seeing the important relationships and taking action towards those is the way i interpret that that portion of this what about you john yeah i'm uh you know, just this past week, I'm kind of, uh, I, th I think this, uh, on that social level, we are truly social beings. Sometimes it's like, you know, I got this, I get this mountain man type of perspective going on. Where I say, yeah, I could be out there all by myself. And really, it's like, well, not really. <laughs> you know, I, as much as I like going for long, big hikes and getting up in the backcountry together, I always like that presence of other people. Uh, brothers in particular, being around brothers of the same mindset, you know, when we're in the backcountry on wilderness outreach, when we're working together, there's just something that renewing about working together with a, with a brother, getting a job done. There's something truly, even though, um, you know, on a wilderness outreach expedition, you're, you tend to not get as much sleep as you need to get because you're sleeping on well, you're sleeping on a mat on the ground in a tent and it can get pretty cold out there. So it's not the optimum place. But frankly, after the first night or two, you're so darn tired, you get some pretty good sleep finally. Right. And uh, and then, you know, you're, you're praying so much together as a team of men. You know, it's really neat uh, how 
a lot of guys when they come back from wilderness outreach, they'll they'll come back and say, "I really miss that. I I miss that camaraderie." You know, when we were just intentional about coming together for morning prayer, you know, and how everybody would come together, who's going to fix food and working as a team together. And there was just this fluidity about that, that uh, brotherhood, which was so nourishing in that sharpening the saw type, type method. And, uh, but uh, I think even it, especially at home, like with, with, uh, with our wives and uh, like with Laura, uh, it's kind of interesting. Last week, she said something about uh, she she's uh, an extraordinary uh, minister of the communion for the homebound. And so she, there's a lady who's like 94 years old, and she takes her communion once a week. And she's got an extended Catholic family, and she's got some daughters. And one of the daughters who's uh, lives down near Hideaway Hills is her husband's in a bad way. He's in jail. The only way she heats is with wood, and she doesn't have any wood. And Laura comes home and looks at me and says, John, she needs some wood. <laughs> what like, is this to me and to thee? Yeah, yeah. What's that mean to me, woman? <laughs> Isn't that great? Yeah, like, uh, yeah. So the words of our Lord. Uh, yeah, there you go. And, uh, and so, my initial response was kind of like, I don't want to deal with that. Right. And I realized that's not the right answer, you know? And it's like, no, I knew this was like, no, this is. And as I thought about it, it's like, no, this is an opportunity. This is a good opportunity. This is really actually a good service opportunity in that whole sharpening the saw. So this is not a, it's not, you know, not only is it really going to be good for her and she really needs it, but John, it's going to be good for me because it'll help, it'll help me be a better man, right? So in a sense, there was a sharpening of saw. So called a couple brothers up, uh, Dan and Steve and, and uh, Nathan, and we went out to Dan's house on Saturday after the, the uh, four-miler hike up at the Josephinum, and we spent four hours sawing and cutting and splitting wood and filled up a whole trailer load and Tuesday morning I took it down to her house and loaded every stick of it up onto her porch for her, using a wheelbarrow out of the and it was great she just sat out there and she said, kept saying can I help and I said no your best thing for you to do is just sit sit there and be and let me do the work right so she was talking to me and but it was just a good interaction and I'm really glad it happened I felt good about it. I feel I felt in a sense spiritually healed in some way through all that. So it was really good. Isn't it interesting though, sometimes how some hard work like that can be part of sharpening the saw. I mean, it seems counterintuitive, like that should be exhausting, but it's there's something to that, you know, about putting in a hard day's work, whether that be cutting wood for somebody else or an expedition that that's really sharpening your saw by doing those things. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you're right. The counterintuitive is a great, a great word for that. You know, I, I have this memory, Jim, of when you and I were hiking out, I don't know, was it two years ago now or a year and a half ago? And we were, I actually, you know, we, we started doing a recording about the seven habits. I had that little recorder with me while we were walking and you told me this story about your grandfather dying and it just has just stuck with me <laughs> and it's such a beautiful story and it's so masculine it was just so rightly male the way you that story worked out and if i'm remember it properly but your grandfather died and your response to it was to get out, get on your tractor and mow. Because yeah, that's, that's what, what he wanted. wanted. That's what he would have wanted. Just get busy, right. right? Do what you gotta do. Yeah, I mean, and that was a form of prayer. Yeah. That was truly a form of prayer. No, I'm gonna get out and get after it like grandpa did, right? That was a form right. of prayer. And I think in particular masculine prayer, like a masculine sharpening 
spiritual sharpening the saw, right? In a, in a, in a way that was really pretty, pretty cool. And it's that that story always stuck with me because I thought that's that's a perfect man story right there. That, uh, and it kind of fits into that sharpening the saw thing because it was. A, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure just the way you talked about it, it's like no, that was soothing. That yeah. was yeah. gratifying. It was like no, I'm in touch with that with Grandpa right now doing this. I'm with he's with me and I'm with him right in this in this spiritual way that uh, is really great. That's awesome. So, gems. What about you? There's, uh, you've got a pretty big social life there at the the Han House. <laughs> so, a lot of warm so tell us about the, the social aspect of uh, sharpening the saw and the renewal from a from the Han perspective down there in Route 93 in Logan. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. there's a lot of different aspects, especially since there's so many different age groups you know, in, in our house from six years old to 21 and just trying to find ways to connect with, with the kids for sure. You know, whether that's playing with the little ones, building Legos or just chatting with the older ones or, you know, trying to find ways to connect with them. You know, they go on the carry the cross. They always look forward to that. A couple of them have been on expeditions. Um, a lot of times after the little ones go to bed too, like, like Peter, we will sit down and play cards of some sort we'll play a game and just chat and you know eat some popcorn and have fun together and challenge each other so that's a good way for us to connect and reconnect you know and i think too of you know like my brother he's he's extremely busy uh for the diocese and all that's going on there and so you know it's getting to spend some time with him out on our patio and smoking a cigar and laughing and chatting about things that's a definitely a good good sharpening of the saw there uh, emotionally between he and I. Um, then Nicole, of course, we try and I'm not real good at this. So she has to pull me along, but um, try to do some, like some books, like a book study. You know, one thing that we did earlier this year was, uh, was like a couple study on um, the fifth, I think it's the 14 or 15, um, rules of saint ignatius and just like spiritual direction and, and how that applies to to men and women and there's a, there's a lot of different aspects to that you know whether you're married or single or whatever but it's a great great set of rules to try to live by so we study stuff like that or right now we're studying trying to work through i'm dragging my feet on it but it's uh be devoted bob schultz i think it is um so we'll be going to his healing conference with Sister Miriam up at St. Paul and in Westerville together. So, you know, that's kind of a spiritual, emotional crossover, sharpening the saw there. So, but yeah, always trying to find those opportunities to to reconnect with folks. You know, like my mom. You know, trying to hang out with her more. You know, definitely, that's definitely a, a something to work on. I guess my question again for you guys, um, I don't know what your opinion is. I'm just looking at these. You had that chart up earlier about the four, you know, the, the spiritual, the physical, the emotional, um, the mental. Which one do you think is maybe the most difficult for men or one that is most easily dropped? You know, like you start to get lazy is am I just my prayer life going to go away or the physical part going to go away? What, what would you think? I'm just curious. I think it's different for everybody, but for me in particular is the uh, prayer life. So I start to falter really bad in my daily prayer routines. Sometimes like that's when I know I'm starting to mess things up is like, I'm not showing up or I'm not sticking around for prayer time as long as I should be. I'm letting other things get in the way. I'm not making it to confession or mass. And uh, yeah, that's, that's the one for me. What about you, John? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's like on the right hand side there, right? It's like the social emotional side. Uh, and that's it, kind of fits because I, I, the physical is like, yeah, I'm working out. I do that. 
I'm I'm praying, I'm reading. So and but it's that social emotional side that uh, uh, and it's maybe there's a selfishness that I have that I'm trying to overcome, right? There's this. Uh, uh, so yeah, so I'm I'm not as virtuous as I need to be in my being um, present to other people. It's easy for me to be present with other people if we're heading in the same direction. You know, a lot of times when I'll say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a selfish guy. And people say, you are? And I'll say, well, that's just the only reason why you don't think I am, because we agree on so much, right? But, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, just like that story about helping the woman with the wood. You know, I, I, my initial thought is I don't want to do that. And I had to talk myself into it. And that's, so on that side, reaching beyond myself for the other in that social emotional realm is is probably the hardest for me what about you jim yeah i'm just thinking i was listening to peter and uh <laughs> i'm just reminded of my uh, repeated confessions as usually it starts out i neglected my spiritual life you know i neglected my prayer life which led to you know uh weakening of my mental you know, capabilities and my, so, I mean, just everything to me, like Peter, it kind of rests on that. When I start to let my spiritual life go, then everything else starts to, to fall. That's kind of my foundation. And if it's not in place, then that's usually where sin enters in and kicks me in the rear end and I got to start all over again. But yeah, it's probably my weakest, weakest spot is, you know, I try to do it as, you know, every day, but then when I start to slip and then it's just a slippery slope and got to get back at it. Yeah, it's definitely not easy. I think that once I start to mess up my spiritual life in, uh, in that way, I, all the other pillars of my life fall. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. now like, I'm, I'm opening myself to attacks, right? When I start to let that slide, there's just a lot of other, it's like the chink in the armor that the devil's looking right. for without a doubt with me, without going into too, too deep of detail. Right. And I, and I find that too, you know, you, you let that slip and then next thing you know, you're, you're thinking stupid thoughts about stuff. You're, uh, agitated easily you're just you know self-hate so then you're not eating properly or exercise and it's just this huge spiral out of control and yeah finally you're given the grace to go back to confession and start over again thank god <laughs> it's great to why, be catholic yeah right. that's why i think it's so important to have that on the calendar though the confession for the spiritual corner mm -hmm. of this in particular is like if it's on the calendar every two weeks that's what i do at this time and if like you know a priest and you're tight with them and like you have a brother that's a priest very convenient although maybe not ideal <laughs> but no. <laughs> <laughs> maybe on my deathbed yeah <laughs> right can you so, imagine the penance that you would give your brother if you were a priest i mean come on seriously well i don't know <laughs> yeah i guess but i mean once it's on the calendar it's kind of hard to get away right. from you know so it's kind of like exercise like once you start a, it becomes more irritable once you get in the routine to miss than to uh just do it right yep yeah i, I think the that's a thinking about penance as a sharpening the soul type of spiritual practice and discipline and tool. It's, it's really good to let's kind of say nip it in the bud, right? Like that's why the, every, the, the just as a practice every two weeks going to confessions good because it's the stinking thinking thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's a, it's, it's kind of like it gets started you know, again, like it could be like, well, I slipped on my prayer life. I did this. And next thing you know, I'm thinking about that. And it's like, so getting in there and getting it uncovered with the priest is really a good, a really good habit. And 
kind of kind of get shuts it down before it gets started and get rolling back into the right direction again. And, yeah. Yeah, I think that's another important thing with our brotherhood and with um, just uh, life in general, like trying to become self-gift is like when two or more are gathered, that's when it goes down, right? Like uh, if I tell John about something I'm struggling with or if I tell you, Jim, about something I'm struggling with and I'm like, hey, help me out with this, you know what I mean? It's like you're going to ask me about that then. And it's going to suck way worse to tell you, hey, I screwed this up again than right. it is to just, you know what I mean? Be like, hey, man, I'm struggling. I need you to pray for me beforehand or like in any circumstance with accountability, with like losing your temper with your kids. You know what I mean? Like I consistently do that and it's terrible. Um, I mean, from minor, minor venial sins to severe mortal sins, like all the way up. I think that having that brotherhood in that is so key to this habit as well, to being able to sharpen the saw in that way. And that's another thing we do on those hikes. I mean, like there's, there's a lot that goes into those hikes, man. It's beautiful. Okay. I think we've, uh, got about, we've wrapped this up with the seven habits tonight, brothers. What do you think? I think we did a good job with them, covering them all. Yeah. Okay. So uh, one of the few things that are going on there, here, we're going to continue the man cast, and we're actually going to – we've already placed on the uh, man cast uh, Facebook page a man cast survey so that those folks out there that are listening to this can take the man cast survey and tell us what you think. Uh, we we're looking for some good feedback. Uh, we have some things coming up in the future here. The Advent hike is December 17th at Clear Creek Metro Park at 8 a.m. And on Saturday, October 29th, the Wilderness Outreach men are getting together at the Newman Center at Ohio State University. And we're going to bring the Wilderness Outreach experience to the Ohio State University and uh, do some log sawing and wood splitting and fire burning and brat cooking and burger <laughs> frying and everything. And we're going to, we're going to set up a, a sanctuary and uh, a rock altar and father Streitenberger is going to celebrate mass with us. We're going to be tying up some rosaries as rugged as you type things. And so, yeah, it's going to be a great time starting 8 a.m. on Saturday, October 29th. Uh, we're going to be down at the, the uh, St. Martin de Poor's Retreat House in the Hocking Hills on December 9th and the 10th. We're going to be doing some work down there to help uh, help get that uh, property uh, a little more usable down there. And uh, um, So also there's, uh, I can't remember what it is. Maybe you received this email from Father Han James, but there's a... Uh, I think the first Sunday in November, is it November 6th, there's a special holy hour at the cathedral, I think at 5 p.m. to kick off the vocations week. So we're going to get that um, publicized as well. So that's going to be prayers for vocations. And I think there's going to be a holy hour. It'd be really great if uh, the men of wilderness outreach can show up in force at the cathedral on that day. And we'll get that published as well. Yeah. I think they also have a, like a luncheon sometime that week. And then there's a come and see weekend at the Josephinum, maybe that mm -hmm. weekend following. So we'll get the details on that. Uh, next week, we're going to start into uh, a, a great program about masculine spirituality. What is it? And uh, what is masculine spirituality and what is the feminine genius e even, if we think about that? What is it about the, the human person as male and female that's different? and good complimentary and uh 
and part of the uh, Lord's creation, the way we are created as male and female. And so we're going to start into that program next next week. Uh, like you to like, follow, subscribe, share on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and place you can find any place you can find podcasts. So join us and uh, give us some good feedback. Sounds great. Awesome. Who's leading us out with a prayer? I think Mr. Bradford uh, has something lined up for us. In the name good of the stuff. Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for this glorious day of the remembrance of, uh, of Fatima and the miracle of Fatima 105 years ago on this day. And allow that memory to resonate in our hearts and our minds and our bodies and may the lord jesus christ the holy spirit just speak to us and pick us up as your children your your brothers and sisters your men and women and help us to live the lives that you've made us to to be and to live to live for others to a gift to others and we ask all this in christ's name Amen. Amen.